Only Three Lads is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family, home to some of the best music podcasts on the planet. Visit PantheonPodcast.com to discover more. And if you like what we do on O3L, we kindly ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. It really helps us more than you know. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome back. We are here for another episode of the Only Three Lads podcast, where we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. I am Uncle Greg, of course. We have the person who knows it all, who knows all the ins and outs, (laughs) the rock or the PhD of music, Brett Vargo. Wow. And you know what episode this is, right? 69 69 dude <laughs> we better have a good one then shouldn't we i hope so a little it, give and it take may be dirty yeah well a little give and take like i said that's the great thing about 69 <laughs> you give a little you get a little that's like pretty much everything in life you get wow. what you give especially with episode 69 i think that was a 1998 song too was it really well that's what we're looking at our top five wow. songs of 1998 now, of course, in 1998, that is the end of our Only Three Lads era. Plus, that. at that time, I think that, you know, alternative radio was starting to flicker. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of uh, things were winding down in the alternative radio realm. And, of course, like the boy bands, you know, the uh, Backstreet Boys, uh, you know, more of the poppy stuff started to come out and kind of lead the music business at that time. Not that there was, but there was a lot of great songs. This was another hard week. There was a lot of stuff I had to leave off. Yeah. There's a lot of honorable mentions for me this week. Yeah, there was for me too, but you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. 1998 is probably my least favorite year in the entire era. Really? Yes. I'm happy with my choices, but there weren't a lot of like really huge records for me that year. My beloved Britpop was starting to take its final breaths. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of the bands that came out in 1997 with just fantastic albums. So they ended up touring in 98 and, you know, milking those 97 albums for all they were worth. And, And you're right. The pop music that was coming out that year was just, I mean, dreadful. I think to me, that was one of the years where it it just marked a, a turn for chart music. Well, that stupid Celine Dion Titanic song was still big. It was everywhere. 
It was everywhere. Cher's song Believe. I mean, it would be nice to have Cher. She's a legacy act. Have her back on the charts. But of course, she brought auto-tune as an effect (laughs) into being. Even Aerosmith, they had that huge hit with that soppy, terrible Diane Warren power ballad. I don't want to miss a thing or whatever the heck it is. Right. And that was off a a movie. Um, It it was. Uh, Yeah. Do you remember the movie? I remember seeing it. Armageddon? Armageddon, yes. They were like supposed to be miners. And then they NASA comes, gets them, and they land on that asteroid. And they have to drill into it and then set off the nuclear bomb so it will split and miss the Earth and save everybody. I remember because I think my girlfriend at the time, her name was Erin. And she works now even still for Disney and ABC. And she was promoting that movie at that time, Armageddon. Really? Hmm. I probably still have a t-shirt. I have all kinds of t-shirts for movies back in the 90s. Oh, that's cool. Ace Ventura. Uh, you, what was that one? Uh, U-279. It was like a, I don't know, a Bon Jovi was in it. He played, it was like a German submarine movie. Um, <laughs> I must have missed that one. Bon Jovi German submarine movie? Yeah, he played a part in this movie. It was like one of the, wow. it was like, that was like the big thing. Um, and I was just thinking the other day, you know, Independence Day, that movie came out in 96. I was like, that was 25 years ago. I remember seeing that before it hit theaters. Another movie that she promoted. Jeez. Or was and that gonna... seems so like state of the art at the time. And I haven't probably watched it in 25 years. I wonder how it looked now. It's still as terrible as it always was. Okay. You know, it, it moves along though, but <laughs> you know, you got Jeff Goldblum and, oh, I don't like anything. And I'm you know, going to like drink because it's the end of the world and uh, whatever. Mm. Yeah. There was know. a lot Jeff of that Goldblum. back then. Yeah. I think everybody was gearing up for Y2K and thinking that the world was coming to an end. Yeah, I knew it, it didn't. No. Spoiler alert. It didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Sorry if you uh, missed all that. <laughs> but I still think there was a lot of great music. I was in alternative radio still in 1998. I was making my transition over to news and and traffic. And uh, so there was a lot of great stuff that was coming out that I missed sometimes. Um, but like I said, there was... Is, the alternative radio was starting to flicker out. Uh, You still have some great stations that stuck around, but you know, for a while there, everybody had an alternative station and everyone was switching to that format. And it was the new big thing in 1992, 93, but by 1998, five years later, it was just beaten into the ground. It was plied out, plied out. Yes. Yes. Hey, do you want a recap of our top five albums of 98 from whatever, episode that was sure so greg you had as your top five albums of 98 blue october Mm self-titled beck mutation yeah marilyn manson mechanical aminals aminals yep system of a down Uh and goo goo dolls dizzy up the girl was your number one i had bell and sebastian of course the boy with the arab strap Told you this was going to get dirty. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rialto self-titled, Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach painted for memory, Neutral Milk Hotel in the aeroplane over the sea, and my number one was Mercury Rev Deserter Songs. And I will tell you that I do not have any repeats on my songs list. I am the same way. No repeats. Albums and songs different. And yeah. so I, and th- every song that I pick for my top songs of 1998, I still listen to on a regular basis today. Yeah. That's how I kind of did the list. Me too. Me too. I said there wasn't a lot of big songs, but you know, I, I still found plenty 
that I love and gravitate to even this to this day. Me too. That's exactly what I did. Still sounds like new music to me. <laughs> well, I don't know if it sounds like new music, but I don't know. It's like um, I've been listening to a lot of Hoover Phonic lately, mm, and yeah. they have some new music out. And if you get a chance, it's haunting and it's beautiful. I the song is called. Well, let me see here. Oh, and also a lot of Kelly Clarkson I've been listening to. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. I must be uh, going through menopause or something. Uh, Real life on. crisis, Greg. Wait a second. Hold on, let me find. Was in the, um, the wrong place is the song by Hoover Phonic. A new Hoover Phonic song? Yeah, I've been a little yeah. obsessed with it. A little obsessed. Yeah. I will have to check that out. And I heard, and I don't know if this means anything to you, but uh, I believe uh, that the Boo Radleys have a new song really? coming out. Their first song since 1999, I believe. Wow. Yeah. You think like 22 years later, people are like, hey, let's get back together. We'll get the band back together. How many old ladies of those guys in that band are like, really? Really? <laughs> that we were done with this whole rock star thing. Yeah. He's like, no, man. We're not going to go on tour. I promise. We're just going to put out a song. We're going to be doing shows in a few months. Oh, yeah. Like they're <laughs> doing, uh, it's not Glastonbury, but one of the big festivals. Hopefully one day we can make it over there. Let's see that stuff. Let's so you wait. went first last week, right? Yep, you're so up. I will go first this week with our top songs of 1998. And coming in at number five for me is a song that I think the music video really took it to the next level. The song From Your Mouth from the techno rock group God Lives Underwater. It was a fun curveball on alternative radio in 1998. The song From Your Mouth, the album for, uh, in the so-called Space Age, Gives you this ambient samples, uh, turntable effects, synth, and of course it's got a real funky drum beat. And that could be because Rick Rubin discovered the band and produced their first two albums and produced this song. And yes, it's the same Rick Rubin, co-founder of Def Jam, Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, Public Enemy, Run DMC, Neil Eminem, Neil Diamond. He's really one of the most influential people in music ever. And uh, so if you haven't listened to God Lives Underwater, recently you should. And the song from your mouth, number five this week, for the best songs of 1998. Remember the video? The guy reverse eating the food? I can't say that I recognize the song. Really? I remember the, the band name. I think I don't you will. Know that I've ever heard the song. When you hear the song, I think that you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. All right. I've already written it down. That's the first bit of homework. Okay. After Hoover Phonic. Listen to that. One. Yes. After the new Hoover Phonic. I definitely am interested in hearing that. All right, well, I can't think of a much better way to kick off a list of 1998 songs and with a song whose pop culture reference was a lot more relevant in 1998. Now, I wasn't really an X-Files fan, but it was definitely a cultural touchpoint at the time. It not only finished 1997 as the 11th top-ranked show in the U.S., but it also had an international following. In the U.K., the popular series was shown on BBC Two, which would explain why Welsh group Catatonia had their 1998 song Mulder and Scully. The song really has nothing much to do with the show, 
it's really a love song or more accurately a song about love pulling you in in a moment when you don't really want it to. The song's narrator is trying to fight the feelings, but can't, which leads to the infectious, irrepressible chorus of things are getting strange. I'm starting to worry. This could be a case for Mulder and Scully. I loved Catatonia around this time. They had been around since 1993, kind of hanging out in Britpop's fringes, but really started to pick up steam around the time of the cool Cymru movement in the late 90s. When all those Welch bands started coming around like super furry animals, Manic Street Preachers had some huge albums, Gorky Zygotic Monkey, we love our Gorkies around here, and lead singer Karis Matthews sings with this rasp and this natural Welsh accent that is just so charming and full of accentuated rolling R's that is just absolutely wonderful. The track went to number three on the UK singles chart, their biggest hit shortly after its January release. And I remember my first UK trip was in the summer of 1998, actually. And I remember this song being all over the radio and their follow-up Road Rage and Strange Glue. They were all perfect songs for a perfect time. And this week, it's my number five, Mulder and Scully by Catatonia. Gotta check that one out. Now I check it out. It's a just a great pop track. Hey, since we don't have a third lad this week, why don't we announce some of our honorable mentions as the Let's third one? So what is something that almost made your list of the top five? Uh, something that almost made my list was It's Only the End of the World by Black Box Recorder. Okay. And for me, Everlast, What It's Like. Oh, okay. I was I shocked to find out that that song was now 23 years old. Jeez. You know, because you think about the the artist Everlast and how he grew. I mean, it was jump around, jump around, jump up and get down, jump, jump. And then all of a sudden he comes out with this really bluesy, awesome song. And uh, I was shocked it was the same guy back then. But what a great song that is. Yeah, very good. All right, what you got for number four? Well, coming in at number four for me on the songs of 1998 is from an artist that ladies, I remember hearing, they'd always say the best seat at his concert is his face. Do you have any guesses, Fred? Um, Gavin Rosdale. Uh, close. No, but it's Lenny Kravitz and oh. his song Fly Away. Now, a worldwide hit earned him a Grammy for the best male rock performance and many times great songs. They start off as an accident, just people messing around. And Lenny was testing a new amp playing chords and an engineer hooked up the mic and hit record and Fly Away was born. And Virgin Records, they didn't really want to release the song at first. They were reluctant because of Lenny's new album, Five. That's where Fly Away came out on. But see, again, Suits, what do they know? You know, Fly Away topped both the mainstream rock and modern rock charts. And it was the fourth single from the album. And the song Fly Away, it's just hallucinating, provocative, energetic, sexy, hot, wild, defiant. Just makes you want to chop it up and snort it.
Lenny. And at number four, the fly away this week for me. So what was that line again? The best seat in the house is his face? Yes. I remember that was like the big saying. The best seat at Lenny Kravitz concerts is his face. Well, this is episode 69 after all, so there is a tie-in. <laughs> and I, that would just happen, but see, magic happens sometimes. <laughs> oh, what serendipity. All right, well, my number four is a little-known indie pop gem by a band hailing from Albuquerque called the Rondells, and it's the title track from their April 1998 EP, Safety in Numbers. The song was released on Teen Beat Records, which pretty accurately sums it up as the band members were teenagers themselves. It's the joyous sounds of kids bashing out a perfect pop song, complete with shouted vocals, hand claps, and very rudimentary played guitar. It's the kind of song that sounded perfectly in step with the bands that they opened for in the late 90s, like Slater Kenny and Sonic Youth, but really it's a sound that could have been recorded at any point since punk rock broke in the late 70s and will likely never go out of style. The Rondells feature Juliet Swango on guitar and vocals, Yukiko Moynihan on bass, and one of the defining features of the band was drummer Oakley Munson, who doubled on keyboards by standing up to play drums and using one of his drumsticks to hit the keys on the keyboard. That's multitasking at its finest, I tell you. and went disbanding in 2001 and now singer Juliet Swango has landed in a completely different bag the synth funk disco band the phenomenal handclap band but for a sugar rush blast of indie pop innocence look no further than my number four the hidden treasure that is safety in numbers by the rondells have to check that one out too that one's a little brett weird nobody heard that one a little brett weird huh probably not but I'm, that's why I enjoy doing this podcast with you. I discover new music every single week and go, wow, can't believe I missed that or I remember that. And thank God I was just reminded. So what's another honorable mention for you? That would be coming out. Another honorable mention for me. Let's see. Why don't I pick uh, Super Furry Animals Ice Hockey Hair? Another weird one. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm a little more mainstream. I have a cake. Never there. Remember cake? I remember that one. You know, I think I have the CD behind me, in fact. Uh, Cake was such a great band. And that's what, like, the teenagers, you know, Julian, your son, he's 17. You know, there would never be a band like Cake or Primus or any of those bands. They wouldn't break today. They wouldn't even make yeah. it on the radio because of the way how the music business has changed. And uh, that's why I know a lot of people and old people say, oh, music in my day and the radio stations in my day, but I really believe that it was better back then than it is now, for sure. So much better in 1998. We had Celine Dion, dang it. Oh, yes. Titanic. My heart will go on. It was everywhere. You couldn't escape that song, that movie, Leonardo DiCaprio. None of them. <laughs> couldn't escape it. Yeah, it was two VHS tapes worth. I didn't. So did you buy the VHS? Uh, no, I borrowed it. See, you're married. I, I still don't know if I ever really made it through the whole thing. Oh, I did. I did. I saw that in the yeah. movie theaters. Was uh, did Aaron have anything to do with that? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 
It is the Only Three Lads podcast, episode 69. Thank you so much for being on this ride with us. We just love the community. So please, if you haven't yet, make sure and go to Facebook, hit like, hit notification. And please, if you do see one of our posts, share it so that we can bring more people in. And somehow with the algorithm, I don't really know how Facebook works, but uh, I know that if more people share it, like it, then Facebook goes, oh, maybe some other people who don't know these guys would like to see it too. And if you take a look at, you know, all the concerts and everything that's coming up, I think there's a lot of people yearning for classic alternative music. And that's exactly what we talk about here. Absolutely. And I'm going to put it purely in romper room style terms. Sharing is caring. Just remember that kids. Amen. Our list of our top five songs from 1998 continues after this. Hi, this is Army Welford from Love Tractor, and you're listening to Only Three Lads Podcast. One of the joys of bringing you O3L is hearing the stories of the people who created the music and lived the music. If you haven't checked out past episodes featuring special guests like Robert Vickers from The Go-Betweens, radio and TV legend Richard Blade, Sean Dowdell from Grey Days, Vanessa Briscoe Hay from Pylon, the seminal Athens band Love Tractor, Linda Hopper from OOK and Magnapop, Hugo Burnham from Gang of Four, and Andy Strickland from The Loft, go back through the show archives on your favorite podcast platform and see what you've been missing. There are more special guests coming up, so like our page, subscribe to the show, and stay tuned. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! (gasps) We are back, the Only Three Lads podcast. Don't forget, tell your friends, we are on all your favorite platforms. Or your podcast like Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, Apple, the iHeartRadio app, Amazon, anything else, Brett? Google? Google. Really, the easiest way, if you really don't know how to get to us and you're just sitting with a friend, just go to Google, Only Three Lads Podcast. Bam. There we are. Or just yell at the device that's sitting on your nightstand. Yeah. Your smart speaker. Play yes. the Only Three Lads Podcast. And don't forget, if you get to Facebook, there's a shop there. You can show your community pride by getting one of our t-shirts that helps the podcast and uh, it helps Brett with his um, record collection. That is just amazing. I mean, it's wall to, I mean, it's floor to ceiling uh, CDs that I look at every week when we do this. Yeah. I can assure you that it does not help my record collection. Just so everybody knows it totally goes into the production of the show, which um, I don't know if people realize that, you know, it does cost to put on the show. So yeah, it does. What we do here is for the love of the game, but if you like what we do, we do appreciate you spreading the word. And yeah, I mean, if you want to buy a t-shirt and, and uh, show your support, we would love that as well. Perfectly said. Thank you. 1998. What were you doing back then? Do you remember Brett? Let's see. 1998. So that was really the first full year that my now wife and I were together. So we were going to a lot of concerts. We were traveling. We were having a great time. Like I said, I went to England that summer. I actually went with my parents and my brothers. We went on a Beatles tour of the UK. So we got to go to London and Liverpool for 10 days. And that was absolutely the time of my life, a dream come true and uh, something I will never forget. How about you? Uh, Well, in 97, that's when I was in Europe. 
had the time of my life. So 98, uh, uh, not as eventful. I can't think of anything great. I just, I know I was working uh, in traffic and, you know, just doing a lot of different things. I can't even remember anything great you were that hanging year. Hanging out with Aaron. Yeah. Well, I was living with Aaron at that time. Oh, we were wow. we were shacking up. Wow. Yeah, playing house, as uh, my dad would say. So you're playing house, and uh, yeah, it was great. And we're still friends today. Oh, good. We're still friends on the social media. When she comes into town, usually we go out to dinner. So no hard feelings. No hard. You know, it was just. So you didn't break her heart. No. She right. broke mine. You're a tough one to get over. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Every time, dodge that bullet. Um, because I remember, God, um, yeah, we were together like five years. And uh, 98 was in the middle of that. You know, so we were having fun. You know what? I think that was the year I started putting together concerts. And, you know, oh. we were throwing, uh, putting concerts together, um, helping, uh, you know, Gray Days and okay. uh, helping Chester Bennington. Um, get out and you know get in front that's because i think it was in the 99 or so is when he left great days that kind of you know fell apart and then he i saw him at a diamondbacks game with his first wife and her name was sam and so we were talking and the next thing you know uh he was moving to la to be with this he was going to join this band zero and then he was living in a car and all this other stuff and that's became lincoln park it was right around it could be that 98 99 it's all kind of a blur. You know, I was in my 20s, had no kids, probably rolled a tight joint at the time. And so, you know, a little bit oh, different. Oh, the simple so. life. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Our top five songs of 1998 continues. My number three song is it's off a 1997 album. So I sure hope I don't get the buzzer. But mm. the song was released as a single in 1998. Now, the song Adia almost won a Grammy for Best Female Pop Performance for Sarah McLaughlin, but she lost out to, guess who? Um, Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> no, Celine Dion. My oh, heart will go on. Darn it. So, Adia, I think, should have won, but to hell with me, what do I know? And well, of was course, that for, a, what, Best Female? Best Female Pop Performance. Oh, then I guess Lenny Kravitz would not have won. Well, yeah, that's why when you said him, I thought, okay. Well, Sorry, maybe, Lenny. Maybe Brett's drinking tonight. No, I didn't but. hear the category. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the lyrics, Adia, if you haven't heard that song in a long time, it's a great video. Check it out on YouTube. But the lyrics don't really give a clear indication what she's singing about. But the song is soothing and the verses take you into like a downward direction. But then the chorus makes you feel hopeful. So I think that's why I like it. You know, anger, hunger, my two emotions that I use the most. But whenever I listen to Sarah and especially Adia, it always makes my feelers kind of feel a little bit different. So... why it's number three on my list of the top songs of 1998 all right i won't buzz you for that one it was released as a single i think it was march of right. 98 if only because it gives me the opportunity to do this greg just remember <laughs> save the animals <laughs> I wonder what Sarah's and up to my now. heart will go on well, all right i will remember you like I love dogs. Like, I love kids and dogs. It's the adults. Eh, I could do without. 
But yeah. I mean, then for for how many years? Late night TV. You come home from somewhere. You're eating your Jack in the Box tacos, and then I will remember you. And you see the dog shake. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is not what I want. So to see sad. Right. I know. I think they still show those commercials, and it it always gets me. That's exactly why they still show them. That's the point, right? I mean, they exactly. want you to feel that emotion and then donate $19.95 a month for the rest of your life. Works for me. Which I'm not saying is not a worthwhile cause. No. ASPCA or whatever, don't SPCA come after us. Elemental P, something like that. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> for number three, I actually had a last minute substitution. So I was going to choose the song... Under the Sun by Korea Girl, which was a song that I just loved. And actually throughout the week, I was playing over and over again. And then I decided to go on Discogs, which, you know, sometimes is just a rabbit hole. And I realized that it was on a 1997 independent release. So darn it. I stayed true to 1998, Greg. Good. And I decided to pick another song. Instead, I'm going to go with a tried and true favorite of mine and Pulp. And their song, A Little Soul, which was the third single from their This Is Hardcore album. Fifteen years into his recording career, Jarvis Cocker continued to write about the common people and the sleazebags. But with A Little Soul, he does it with a different lens because you sense real feeling and regret. The song's narrator is an estranged father singing to his son, feeling inadequate about the choices he's made and his ability or lack thereof to be a father. It's something that every father has probably experienced at some point or another. And heck, I have, and I think, if I do say so myself, I'm a pretty darn good dad. But the stirring chorus shows Cocker's vulnerability on full display. Everybody's telling me you look like me, but please don't turn out like me. You look like me, but you're not like me, I know. I had one, two, three, four shots of happiness. I look like a big man, but I've only got a little soul. Perhaps because Jarvis was abandoned by his own father, he sings this with very heartfelt emotion. And maybe he's actually writing from his own father's perspective. It's also occurred to me that the line, I look like a big man, but I've only got a little soul, could actually be sung from the son's perspective about the burden that parents sometimes put on their children. Maybe that's Jarvis's way of telling his father, hey, I shouldered that burden when you left, but remember, I was only just a kid. Either way, it's a great song. I'm probably overanalyzing it, but... That's another memory of picking up the two-part CD single in England that summer. Remember when you could get those two-part CD singles and they'd cost you like 10 bucks a pop? Well, I'm kind of glad those days are over, but it was fun while it lasted. And that's my number three, A Little Soul by Pulp. Hmm. Good, good pick. Yeah, thank you. I remember that song. song. So another honorable mention of yours. Oh, gosh. Let's see. Smash Mouth, Walking on the Sun. Uh, I'm going to say no to that one. Did it come out in 98? It did come out in 98. Uh, and I remember seeing them open for Blur, but no, not a not a big Smash Mouth guy. So let's instead pick Beck, We Live Again. Good pick. Good pick. Thank you. 
I think uh, I'll go with you too with the sweetest thing. Almost. Wait, what? I know. Again, I don't hate all of you two's new music, like you know, Whoa. "Bull in the Blue Sky," you know, like, and then you know, but "Sweetest Thing." Well, that was a good song. I remember spinning it. Yeah, it is. They kind of sweetened it up. It was a old like 1987, like Joshua Tree era B side, I believe. There you go. But they re-released yeah. it. All right, excellent. All right, little Bono there for you. Well, my number two song of 1998 is not an uplifting song, but it must have been really brave for the songwriter to write. Now, the song starts off with programming and drumming that really captures the jarring reality of it all. If you remember Stabbing Westward's song, Save Yourself, a song that many uh, say it's about a girl being molested by her father, and a few of the songs on Stabbing Westward's first two albums, I think three of them had to do with a friend that the lead singer knew where she was molested by her father, and that's where these songs came from. So it's super dark, uh, but... Every listener can take their own meaning away from the song. So uh, it's not like, you know, you're finding the answers in, in your own life. Uh, but, you know, I really love this song. I've always connected to it. Let's not open up the Pandora's box known as Uncle Greg's Mind. But I just love the song. <laughs> Connect with it. Uh, but you can only help yourself. You can only save yourself. Very true. Stabbing Westward, Save Yourself, runner-up this week, number two on my list of the songs of 1998. Another one I remember by name. I don't know if I've heard it, so it'll be interesting to check out. A little bit of a rockin' song, but it's not like System of a Down or something like that, so it's not really, really hard rock, but it's... uh, Thank goodness. Yeah, but there is some yelling, you know, uh, I cannot save you. I can't even save myself. So it's a good song. Dark. Well, I look forward to checking that one out. And the fact that you said it's not like System of a Down is a plus in my book. Yes, I know. Yes. (laughs) Well, we are getting dark, aren't we? Well, it's episode 69. (laughs) We're getting dark and dirty. Yeah. Well, in 1998, Radiohead was, of course, riding the wave of critical and commercial success based on their previous year's masterpiece, OK Computer. And it was actually in 1998 that I saw a great show with Radiohead on the OK Computer tour and the band Spiritualized, who I'm also a big fan of, opened. Amidst all that, Tom York lent his haunting vocals to two key tracks, Uncle's Rabbit in Your Headlights and my number two song, Drugstore's El President. Featuring insistent flamenco-flavored acoustic strumming and mournful cello, this duet between York and Drugstore's Brazilian-born lead singer Isabel Monteiro is a tribute to fallen Chilean president Salvador Allende. All right, I'm going to give you a very abridged history lesson. (laughs) So you get to learn history on Only Three Lads here. Allende was a Marxist who was democratically elected as El Presidente, and you get to learn language too. Wow from 1970 until 1973. Obviously, being a Marxist, the U.S. opposed the increasing socialism of Chile, particularly when it came to their normalization of the copper industry that America had a very strong interest in. So in September 1973, the Chilean military 
allegedly aided to some degree by the U.S. CIA, staged a coup against the Allende regime. Standoff on September 11th, depending on which side you believe, either led to the murder of Allende or the president taking his own life using an AK-47 gifted to him by Fidel Castro. 25 years later, possibly spurred on by the declassification of some documents during the Clinton administration, the events provided Drugstore with their one and only UK Top 20 hit. It's a track of stark beauty that sounds as vexing and stirring as it did 23 years ago. And that is my number two, You're Welcome for the History Lesson, El President by Drugstore featuring Tom York. That is a really good pick. Thank you. I haven't heard that in a long time. And plus, let me tell you about this. I'm a big history buff. I think that with the detail of he shot himself with an AK-47 gifted to him by Fidel Castro in Cuba yeah. pretty much tells me that U.S. Special Forces took that guy's head off. I think so, too. That would be my guess. I'm just saying. Yes. I've been in news a long, long time, and uh, my BS meter is pretty calibrated. And when you get into details, you know, it's like, he kills yeah. puppies. He killed puppies. It, it was at he least died. heavily funded. Not oh, to start yeah, any uh, conspiracy theories, you know, 50 <laughs> No, to start them all. Let's do it. Why not? Hey. <laughs> all right. So an honorable mention that almost made your list from 1998. Oh, dang. You know what? I'm actually going to go with one that I, I figured would not be probably appropriate for the list, but one that still I will just turn up in my car. Jay-Z, Hard Knock Life. That it was a great song. There was a lot of great stuff that came out that year, too. Yes. Hard Knock Life was a great song. It still is a great song. When you hear that and that whole chorus and those, you know, it's a hard yeah. knock life for us. Yeah, it makes me want to turn up the bass and drive fast. Granted, I say I want to drive fast. My car goes from like zero to 35 in 60 seconds. Well, you know, you're in San Diego. 09 Honda Civic, baby. Lots of hills. Lots of hills. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to be taking the band out of Omaha, Nebraska, 311 with Beautiful Disaster. Almost made my list. Okay. I remember when Homegrown first came out. I just love that. I had no idea who it was. I was at some pool party for the radio station, and it was like, this 311 and that first album homegrown and then i saw him play at the very first edge fest and i was like wow that band is pretty good i like them and then everyone thought they were racist because 311 the 11th letter in the alphabet k 311 kkk ah. but then i think that whole conspiracy was blown up because essay is in the band just saying okay so i yeah. don't think they were ever racist or no they smoked a lot of weed homegrown <laughs> come on Homegrown. What is the significance of 311? I kind of think it was um, a police code in Omaha, Nebraska, because like one of the guys in the band got busted for streaking and it had to do something uh, with indecent exposure or something like that. But I could be okay. wrong, but it's something along those lines. That's a better yeah. story. Way better story. It is the only Three Lads podcast. Each and every week we take a look at the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999. This week we are taking a look at the end of our era the best songs of 1998 
If you have a top five list, please get over to our Facebook page. Give us that list. Next week, we can talk about it and see if we have missed anything or maybe you got a good idea because this is what we pick. doesn't necessarily mean it's the best songs of 1998, but right. maybe you can think of something and said, well, why didn't you guys say whole celebrity skin, which I know that Brett would never put on his list. No, I would. You would really I would. put that song? Really? They, they made my big list. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of my honorable mentions. Probably too. not top five material, but I, I do love whole and uh, celebrity skin was a great album. Great song. Great record. That great guitar riff that was uh, put together by. Yeah. Um, who was it? Smashing Pumpkins. What's his name? Wait, boom. Billy Corgan. Billy Corgan. Yeah. Cause he was, uh, he was actually kind of, uh, dating Courtney Love at that time and he helped produce that album. Uh-huh. See, that's the cool move. You help these artists with their album. Yeah. And then, you know, episode 69, just saying <laughs> yada, yada episode 69. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> taking a look at our top songs of 1998. And our number ones are coming up after this. Hi, everybody. This is Andy Strickland from The Loft, and you're listening to The Only Three Lads podcast. Dave Grohl is going to boogie oogie oogie till he just can't boogie no more. The former Nirvana drummer revealed to Pharrell Williams during his series From Cradle to Stage how his drumming on Nevermind was heavily influenced by disco music from the Gap band Cameo and Chic. And since he's in a disco mood, the Record Store Day drop on July 17th will see the release of the Foo Fighters' new record under the alias of The DGs, entitled Hail Satin. Yes, that's Satin. Side 1 will feature covers of four Bee Gees classics and Andy Gibbs shadow dancing, while Side 2 contains five live Foo's tracks. And speaking of Record Store Day Drop 2, of note to O3L listeners, you will find releases like a reissue of the 1980 Clash promo interview album If Music Could Talk, a picture disc of The Cure's Wild Mood Swings, Sinead O'Connor's Live in Rotterdam 1990, Sisters of Mercy BBC Sessions, and The Ramones' Live in Sydney 1980. Thanks for sticking around, and thanks for being part of this community, the only Three Lads podcast. You know, it's nothing without you. We love music. We love hanging out with you. We love talking music with you. So please make sure make it over to the Facebook page. Hit like, hit notifications. Brett does a great job every single week. We put oh. these things together. Tuesday morning, just like the old albums, they would drop on Tuesday morning. Boom, the podcast drops. And uh, on your way to work, give it a listen. On your way home, if you're yep. not done, finish it up. And then uh, you can get to the Facebook page. Give us your list because we always like to make sure and see what other people are saying. And if you have any critiques, we'll take those too. Oh, absolutely. We take everything constructively. We don't take offense. We offend, but we don't take offense. There you go. But you know, one of the things that, that I love hearing is that it makes people look forward to Tuesdays. It used to be a great day because of album release. I always loved Tuesdays. Also tacos. Yeah, that's Taco true. Tuesday, yeah. Taco Tuesday. So I guess there's still that. But ever since they moved album releases to Fridays, it's like, mm, I'm glad that we've given people something to look forward to on Tuesdays. So that means a lot to us. Really? Because when I see all the um, people who are just meeting, I mean, it's like, how many people do you think have met on the Only Three Lads Facebook page and now are going back and forth and talking and, you know, mm -hmm. posting things on each other's pages? And we're like, this, this community keeps building. 
And it is pretty cool. Just like you said, when I see people say it's, I look forward to Tuesdays now. And so we can hang out and talk music because I'm kind of amazed. There's not a lot of places for classic alternative music. If you remember on your cable, they used to have, you know how like they have that music choice. Yep. Here in Phoenix, channel 917 was my favorite. It was classic alternative music. Now that's gone. Mm. But I think this is going to be coming back because if you look at the concerts and the festivals that are selling out, it's music from the 80s. It's artists from the 80s. Morrissey in LA. I mean, Mm -hmm. that is huge. And I just think that there's a big gap that I think people are missing, especially if you're working in radio or looking for it there, because there's just not a lot of good stations anymore. I just think that there's going to be a resurgence. And I, I bet you anything that people are looking for this stuff, they just can't find it because maybe some people aren't like Brett who know every ins and outs and knows, but they just know that they, there's these, this music takes you back to a place when you didn't have a mortgage. You know, you didn't have all the problems. It makes you feel good. Uh, and then just also it kind of defines a moment or a chapter in your life when you hear these songs again, maybe when you were in high school and you're like, oh my God, I haven't heard that for so long, but it still brings you so much joy. And that's what I definitely like about this music uh, it's just so uplifting it's so different there's always um a curveball uh, there was so much more music put out in the 80s that didn't sound like everything else because there were so many record labels taking so many more chances nowadays it's not like that you have to have a hit record or you're gone well yeah and i think you know hugo had mentioned that there actually is a lot more music and there's a lot more diversity out there It's just that there's so much of it to a certain degree. You have to have that exposure. You have to be force fed a little bit of it through radio, magazines, MTV, whatever the outlets used to be, because that's how you discovered a lot of great stuff. Now you have it all very accessible to you on the Internet. But how do you find it? It boggles my mind to think that the next Beatles or the next Nirvana or, you know, the next big thing may be out there producing phenomenal music and you don't know about it because it's just hidden somewhere in the corner of the internet well also another big problem is with all the diy a lot of people like oh let me find something new but they find so much crap they're like oh it's just crap you know so they so you got to keep looking for that diamond in the rough you got to keep looking for that for, for that treasure because it's out there there's a lot of great artists saying a lot of great things and have a lot of great emotion uh lucy dukas i think is her name she has a new Dacus. album coming. Dacus? I yeah. can't think of her name. Lucy Dacus, yeah. But I was walking through a record store and they were playing her and on her last album. I think came out in uh, 2018. Yeah. And she has a new one coming out, but she's amazing. And I would have never discovered her if I didn't hear her music in that record store. And I was just like, who's this? And they're like, this. And I said, I'm taking it. And wow, what a great artist. But I can't say her name, but I do love her music. That's all right. Yeah, it's great. And, and my favorite band... Um, new band, the Goon Sacks, which is a band out of Australia, who I will tell you has a go-betweens connection because it is Robert Forster from the go-betweens, his son's band. Oh, nice. And I'm here to tell you their third album, which when we release this episode, it will have already been out, but it's a front runner for album of the year for me. I love this band. This record is just incredible. If you like indie pop, you definitely want to check that out. It is the Goon Sax, S-A-X, and the album is called Mirror 2. Goon Sax. Yes. Mark my words. All right. Well, you always give good recommendations. 
Thank you. I try. All right. So you get re- you ready for our number ones, our top songs of 1998? Yes. I would love to hear your number one. Go All ahead. right. So now my top song of 1998 is not a dark song like my number two song, Save Yourself from Stabbing Westward, but it is a covered song. And the version was another Grammy winner. And it was for best pop performance by a duo or group with vocals. The Brian Setzer Orchestra, they covered Louis Prima's Jump, Jive, and Wail. Now, in 1997, the movie Swingers was released, and it sparked a swing revival. Again, another movie with Aaron. I still have T-shirts from Swingers, one of my favorite movies of all time. If you ever hear anybody go, Vegas, baby, thanks, Swingers. (laughs) It's annoying. But when it was in the movie in 1997, it wasn't so annoying. Now, Cherry Pop and Daddy's also almost made my list with Zoot Suit Riot. Just missed it. You know, of course, Brian Setzer, he was with Stray Cats. Uh, he took big band music to the top. It's a real fun song. Makes you feel wine, women, and song, or beer broads and, and jams, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, Some it's combination like, uh, of gender and alcohol. Exactly. And that's yes. what music should take you, because that's where it's fun. But swing music, it may have been your grandparents' music, but if you haven't given it a try, like I listen to swing music and big band music, from the 30s and the 40s all the time. A lot of great stuff. And when this revival happened, remember there was a movie, Pleasantville. I mean, it really kind of took over the culture for a bit. There was, you couldn't go out to a bar. They would have swing dance lessons and swing nights and everything else. Uh, there was a lot of bands here in Phoenix that went to swing. It was a lot of fun. But Brian Setzer's orchestra, Jump, Jive, and Whale, my number one song of 1998. Fun choice. Great song. And even though I don't really know the Stabbing Westward song at number two, I would say that's a pretty big dichotomy there. When I was going through 1998, I thought, and I don't mean to trigger anybody, but I am very schizophrenic with my music. Like I can go from Michael Buble to Slayer as I sit here, you know, on Facebook or or on YouTube, just kind of messing around, uh, listening to music. Um, So like whenever I go to Pandora, like if I have to pick, it picks out of what I pick. It is just a mishmash. It would never be a radio station because it's just so completely different. But that's the music that I like. I like what I like. And so I don't really worry about a certain genre or whatever. I just love music that I love. That's the beauty nowadays. You can do that. Yes, you can. Well, you went with a very fun number one. Not that I want to end the list on a bummer note. But my number one song this week is a beautiful chamber pop song by Eels called Climbing to the Moon. The track appears on Mark Everett, a.k.a. E's second album as Eels. He had albums before that under the name of E going back to the late 80s. But this one was called Electroshock Blues. The album as a whole, if you have not heard it, it is as powerful and soul-bearing as any album in music history largely because it deals with the impending death of his mother to lung cancer, the suicide of his sister who is confined to a mental hospital and subjected to the titular electroshock therapy, and the desolate feeling of being the sole remaining member of his nuclear family. But the brilliance of the album is the way that it ultimately lifts you up, and climbing to the moon is the emotional centerpiece of it all. 
The lyrics to the song are based on conversations that E would have with his sister Elizabeth shortly before her suicide, telling E how she would write her thoughts down in letters that were ultimately intercepted by the hospital staff, telling him how the sky looks like heaven, even though the earth looks like the farthest thing from it, or as she says, as he says in the song, the S word. In the chorus, Elizabeth resolves that I won't be denied this time, for I go out of my mind over matters, got my foot on the ladder, and I'm climbing to the moon. It's touched by sadness for sure, but you sense that there is some salvation in there, as if his sister's escape from the cruel realities of the world is strangely comforting. The gorgeous arrangement by orchestral pop master John Bryan is tear-jerking, heartbreaking, and triumphant all at the same time. It's a track that has reduced me to tears many times, but yet I keep coming back to it. Right, as my number one this week. So that is it. Climbing to the Moon by Eels. Climbing to the Moon. Yes. I remember the band. I can't hear that song in my head right now. I'm listening to it right now. Well, I mean, that album was just like an about face because you may remember that they had a big album in 1996. Right. And it had a had a couple of big songs. Nova came for the soul. Yes. Nova came. Yeah. It, great. Before I sputter out all that. And that was actually a big hit on alternative radio. And then this album just like totally took those vibes. It's kind of a downer, but I mean, it's just, it's such a great album. Great album. All right. Your last honorable mention. My last honorable mention that I am going to pull out. Corn. Got the line. No, I'm not going to go with corn. <laughs> Let's say the Cardigan's my favorite game. Okay, good. How about Very you? Good Anything from the Goo Goo Dolls off Dizzy Up the Girl. Dizzy Almost Up the Girl. Right. Slide. That's, yeah, that's the only one I know. Black Balloon. Iris. Iris. Isn't that the one? Yeah, that was the big yeah, song. Yeah, oh, I think that, that song was out as a single. Like, yeah, a little before, City right? of, uh, what was the name of the movie? City of, City of Angels. Angels. Yeah. It came out first, and then they put it on that album. Um, right. You know, because during that time in 98, I wasn't too thrilled with that album. I think I've talked about this before, because I was the old school Goo Goo Dolls, because they kind of went from this punk band to this adult alternative yeah. band after you know name in 1995 off a of boy named goo went huge and i was just like uh i mean it was they were great songs but i was just like you know i want to hear fallen down or we are the normal or you mm-hmm. know one of those songs but as i got older like i said i've gone to goo, goo doll concerts all by myself i'm that guy because you know yeah so hey want to go see goo, goo dolls what songs do they sing what time <laughs> is it do you want to just get so i oh god you know what die so I go by myself to concerts sometimes, and Goo Goo Dolls was one. I think it's twice I've been to, I, I saw them uh, by myself. I can't really do the adult alternative stuff. I still need to check out that album because I know, of course, it was your number one album of 98 on that list. Mm-hmm. But I've never really listened to the whole thing just because the whole thing just, I don't know, kind of kind of turned me off. Back in 98 or now? Well, in 98, I just. I think, though, you listen to it now. I should probably do that. I, think I should probably should. do that because I too was a big lift me up and superstar car wash and that era of goo goo dolls. Me too. So there you go. Our top songs of 1998. Let's go through our list at number five for me. God lives underwater from your mouth at number four, Lenny Kravitz with fly away 
Number three, Sarah McLaughlin with Adia. Number two, Stabbing Westward, Save Yourself. And my number one song of 1998 from the Brian Setzer's Orchestra, Jump, Jive, and Whale. My number five, Catatonia, Mulder and Scully. Number four, The Rondells, Safety in Numbers. Number three, Pulp, A Little Soul. Number two, Drugstore featuring Tom York, El President. And number one, Eels, Climbing to the Moon. Great list. Lots of homework this week. Yeah. 1998 for me, because that's what you just assigned me. Nice. Both sides. I will let you know my thoughts on those couple tracks that I haven't heard. Well, make sure and check out the Hoover Phonic. Please do that I would definitely do that. That is, I just discovered that song a little bit earlier today, and I am just kind of getting way obsessed. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to listen to it again. Cool. But it's a great video. It's got a lot of, it's really deep, kind of spooky. It's it's awesome. All right. Hoover Phonic, Lucy Dacus. Yeah. However you say her name. It's D-A-C-U-S. And uh, the Goon Sacks. The Goon Sacks. So yes, I got to check That's our out. homework for everybody. All right. Check out some new music. And uh, if you like it, make sure and head over to our Facebook page and tell us what you think. And if you have any homework for us, please let us know. It goes both ways. Because believe it or not, we do not believe that music ended in 1999. No, absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. All right, hit the randomizer. Let's see what we're talking about next week. Okay. Stop. This one is right up my alley. (laughs) Scared. Hopefully you will find it enough to your liking, Greg. (laughs) I'm game no matter what. Let's do it. The top five Beatle-esque songs. Top five Beatle-esque Songs that have been influenced by the spirit and or the sound of the Beatles. Wow. Ringo Starr just had his birthday. He did. Last week. Happy belated birthday to Ringo. 81 81. years old. 81. He looks great. Oh, he looks phenomenal. He's letting his hair grow out again for the first time, probably since the, the late 80s. And he just looks really cool. Really? His wife, too. Barbara Bach. Remember her? Remember the movie Caveman? Doo-doo, caca. Of course. Oh, that's where <laughs> they met. I got it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's uh, not an academia-type movie, but it is uh, slapstick <laughs> and just stupid, but it'll make you laugh. Like, if you like The Three Stooges, I think you'll like Caveman. If you hate yes. The Three Stooges, you probably won't like Caveman. Well, and you may hate Caveman anyway, but it's dumb fun. Oh, yeah. No. I just remember, because I was a little kid, and that doo-doo, caca, and then... <laughs> Uh, well once again thank you for being part of this community please share any type of post that you see from our facebook page or on twitter on instagram we really would appreciate it fred is there anything else you want to say before we get out of here well i guess now that you've brought up caveman in the words of a caveman ooga booga me like 1998 never mind that did not land thank you as always like greg said We appreciate you being a part of this community. We appreciate you listening week in, week out. And we love having you as friends and uh, co-conspirators. And always remember, doo-doo, caca. (laughs) Oh, 69, dude. (laughs) The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. 
For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening.